Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. My name is Misty Jane, and I am a money coach for hairstylists. I help self-motivated stylists get their financial shit together, creating healthy relationships with money, opening up more options for the future, and eliminating that paycheck-to-paycheck life. I created Backroom Beauty Talks because I wanted to bring real, raw, and unedited conversations to you, uplifting the beauty industry one stylist at a time. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. So today's episode is another conversation with my happy, healthy hairstylist friends. Um, And it's also a replay of the Happy Healthy Hairstylist podcast. So again, once a month, me, my friend Shelby Betancourt, my friend Jess Taylor, um, and sometimes her fiance, but we haven't gotten into those yet. Be ready. That's next month. Um, We have a conversation about various different topics, whether it be personal growth, whether it be behind the chair. Um, And today we're talking about how fitness can actually impact your business and how taking care of yourself and being healthy can impact you behind the chair, coach it, whatever it is that you do. It can impact your life for the better regardless. So once again, if you do not listen to Shelby Betancourt's podcast, I highly recommend it. It's called The Happy Healthy Hairstylist. Um, and uh, yeah, so these are some of my favorite conversations. I'm not going to lie. Like I enjoy these women so much. Um, and being able to do this with them once a month is just really one of the highlights of the things that I get to um, give to you as a listener. So once again, Shelby, thank you so much for sharing these episodes with Backroom Beauty Talks. Um, And I will link her podcast and her Instagram handle and Jess Taylor's also in the show notes. But if you like this episode, don't forget to share it on the gram. Um, do, Do the kids still call it that? The gram? Am I, do I sound like super old? Okay, I probably sound super old. It's fine. But don't forget to post it on Instagram. Share it with a friend, um, especially if it resonates with you. Um, But yeah, so thank you so much and enjoy. Welcome to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Podcast. This is the podcast for the stylist who wants to work their magic behind the chair and make more money, all without sacrificing their health both mentally and physically. I'm your host, Shelby Bancourt. Shelby 
Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist podcast. So I am with my two co-hosts, Misty Jane and Jess Taylor, and I'm so excited. We have an amazing topic that we're going to go over today. Um, We're going to be talking about fitness and business. Um, We've touched on this in previous episodes, but I think that it's something that has all changed our lives dramatically, and it is very parallel, and it just so happens to go very well with this podcast. So um, Misty and Jess, who wants to kick it off? Oh man, I guess I'll start. Um, (laughs) Well, let's just get right into, for me, fitness was something that completely changed my life in general because I was basically a commission stylist. I was very busy. I was always tired. I was a very big pothead. I would come home from work, I would take bong hits, and I would just watch TV. And like that was my life. And it wasn't until I got married and looked at my honeymoon pictures that I went, hmm, well, damn it. (laughs) It's time to do something. So I started going to a gym. Um, I started going to a CrossFit gym, which I just dived right into fitness from not doing anything. And it was like, all of a sudden I was surrounded by people who worked hard to hit a goal and they like, I had never really been surrounded by that before. And it taught, it started teaching me fitness in general, cause I've went a lot of different avenues since then, but, um, it taught me like, you know, nobody wants to get up and go to the gym, right? Like you lay in bed, you're like, I don't want to fucking do this. But the moment you walk in the door, you're glad you did it. The more you, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, working out, bike riding, whatever, like you're always glad you did it. And I feel like it's what it kind of goes into like everything in life. Like anytime there's like a goal that you want to hit, it's always hard to take the first step then the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you're always glad you started. So I always find fitness to be like an analogy for business and life. Next. Yeah, I think I'm similar to, you know, similar to, I have the same kind of story, but it wasn't until like recently where I figured out that fitness had a lot to do with like my mindset and the way that I, the way that I was treating myself was obviously a direct reflection of like how I was treating everyone. So, you know, like when I was, when I got to my burnout point was when I actually started to like do the work to get to the fitness journey that I've, I've been having. Um, it was like, you know, just figuring out that like when I felt like shit and I was completely spent like that, that had a lot to do with everything that I was doing to myself. And until I changed everything within myself, my mindset, my eating habits, my, you know, routines, my, you know, my actual promises that I make to myself that I'm going to get up and do something every single day, like that, that stuff wasn't going to, I wasn't going to change until that stuff changed. Yeah. Yeah. I love and that. isn't it crazy too? Like I know when I first started, it was like when I started feeling good, I started eating better. I stopped smoking weed. I started going to the, like the gym regularly. And I remember looking at my husband going, I didn't know I could feel like this. Mm-hmm. Like I did not realize that I could feel this good. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of constantly like try and seek that feeling. Like I just want to always feel this good. Right. Like 
I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just thought, no, I'm just like, I work hard and then I'm tired. No, I fucking worked hard. I literally would eat fast food three times a day and then take bong hits all night. I wasn't tired. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. And like you, like, honestly, I had a similar thing, but mine was with like, you know, I would use other things as like an advice or an outlet, whether it be like fast food or over shopping or over binging on Netflix or, you know, like using like drugs or alcohol or like whatever the case may be. Like there was always something that was like, I was using to mask that like connection between my mind and my body, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you know, when, when people think of fitness and they think of like all the things that they have to do to be quote unquote fit, they think of the average person goes straight into what do I have to give up? And we've talked about this when it comes to like money and stuff. Like we think about all the things that we have to give up, but the truth is when you start working out and you start feeling better and you start having more energy, the, the things that aren't good for you don't seem that appealing anymore. Like, it's just like, uh, that like, if I'm going to have dessert, for example, or I'm going to have like a cheat meal, it needs to be delicious. Like, before I was on like this, you know, lifestyle of being healthier, I would eat anything. Like I would just be like, all right, whatever. Like if I wanted like a donut, I would go to like Publix and get one of their donuts. Like, and it was just whatever. But like now if I want a donut, I'm like, I got to make sure that this is the best <laughs> fucking donut ever. It's got to be worth it. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I, I make it almost like, um, it, it's a reward, but it's got to be, it, I can't say enough. It has to be worth it. And it's the, like, it does help you in your business. Like Misty was saying, like, once you start hanging out with people who are fit, who do work out, now you see that you can get things accomplished and you're around people who are, who are encouraging you to accomplish these goals. And it trickles down in other things in your life. Like, show me how good it can be. Like, how, like, how can this relate to my business too. If you're like constantly eating crap and you feel like crap, you're going to go into work feeling like crap. You're going to like drag that into your workspace. But when people see that you take care of your body and that you like, you know, take pride in what you put into your body, people see that in work, like at work too. Behind the chair, my clients always see I'm drinking water. I'm staying healthy. I'm like, you know, they're like, oh, wow. Like that's so admirable. And they, they end up really liking those qualities. And I'm like, yeah, cause it helps me with my business. It really does. Like if I didn't have these good habits, I would probably be lazier behind the chair. I'd probably like not like take as much pride into my work as far as like showing up and making sure that I'm like fully there both mentally and physically. Cause like we all know you got to be there mentally and fitness does help you with that. Yeah. I find that the days that I don't work out, my anxiety is so high. Mm. Like, like I don't really work out on the weekends. Like I don't go to the gym, but like, if I don't do anything, like if I don't go for a walk, if I don't go for a bike ride, like I am in a funk and it like affects my mental mood. And the same thing used to happen at work. Like, you know, you didn't have the same conversations. You're tired. You're, you're, you know, half-assing things just because you're, you want to hurry up and like, yeah, it, I mean, it leaks into literally everything. Yeah. I feel like energy management was like huge for me, like figuring out, you know, energy and time management, like being able to 
like plan properly and like make sure that my time was 100% maximized. Like I used to be one of those people that thought like, there's no way I could fit all of this into my life. You know, like I don't have time for it. I'm so busy. I, you know, I do all these things. Like there's no way I'm going to be able to like go to the gym every single day and wake up early. I'm already exhausted as it is, you know, like that was like my mindset of like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, and also the other thing was like my energy, like being able to re regulate my energy and like, know like what things drain me and like what things I need to take off my plate. And when I was like maxed out or when I needed to like, you know, take a few things off my plate or reorganize my life, like those things, it like almost forced me to get more organized and get more intentional about the things that I wanted to do and be aligned with in my life, you know? So for me, that was like huge. Um, and then like the time thing, like being able to, it actually forced me to work less, which was great because I don't have to like work. I used to be one of those people that thought like I had to work, you know, five days behind the chair if I was an owner, or I have to like put in my dues because, you know, who's gonna respect me like at my salon if I'm not there like all the time, you know, and, and, so for me, that was like a big mindset shift where now I'm like, I'm okay with be not being there because I know that, you know, like the things that I'm doing are behind the scenes that nobody's going to understand ever. And like, that's okay. You know, and I have to take care of me in order to make sure that everything else runs smoothly, because if I'm not okay, like no one, no one's okay. Well, and when it comes to like the time thing, like I started instead of saying like, I don't have time, I'll change the wording to I'm not making it a priority. And that really hits hard. Like sometimes you say something like instead of saying, I don't have time to take my son to the park and I change it to I am not making it a priority to take my son to the park. Like that sucks. <laughs> so I think anything that you can say, like, I don't have time for just changing that sentence and sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm not making a priority and I don't care. But sometimes you're like, oh shit. Like saying it like that, like I, I need to, I need to tweak something. Yeah. yeah. So what advice would you give to the busy hairstylist? Like the stylist who doesn't think that fitness really is aligned with their business. Like I'm, I'm so curious to know, um, the reason why I asked this is because we can all agree that fitness is a big driving force to our success in our business. And I think that if you want to be like, I, I heard the definition of successful earlier this week and it is, uh, I'm going to, I don't want to botch it. Um, it's knowing your own true, like the pursuit of your own true potential is the <laughs> definition of success. So when we think about being a busy hairstylist, like success can look like having a full clientele. It can look like being, you know, double booking, triple booking, all that kind of stuff. But like, if you're not like pursuing your own true potential, meaning like you're not healthy behind the chair, I don't think that you're successful. I judge people on their, you know, their habits. It's like, Hey, if you're like, if you're a binge watcher and you don't exercise and you don't take care of your body, like, I don't see you as being successful. You may have more money than me. You may like 
have more clientele, have a higher ticket price. But at the end of the day, like that's all going to catch up to you. Like, and I don't say that in a judgment way where like, I'm better than you. It's just like, no, like I, I just want you to like see and recognize that this is a problem and help you to fix it. So what would your advice be, Misty and Jess, on like what you would say to that hairstylist? So I'm going to jump right in and I would say find something to get you moving. You don't have to walk in a gym. You don't have to do yoga. You don't have like, what do you like to do that involves movement? Do you like to walk? Do you like to ride a bike? Do you like, there are so many things out there. Do you like to box? Like there are so many other options. Find something, something that gets you moving. Like, you don't have to eat chicken breast and broccoli all the time. Like you can find a healthy balance that works for your life. And that would be my thing. Um, yeah, that, that would probably be my piece of advice. So good. So mine would be, I think when I started to view my body and my mind as like a muscle or a machine was when everything kind of shifted for me because I used to just like go through the motions of like day-to-day -day life and not even give it a second thought as to like what I was eating and how that would affect like how I was feeling or like not drinking enough water and how that would give me headaches or like not taking care of my body physically and how I would start to feel more tired or I would have like the mental, you know, like things going on all the time and nonsense and, and like how that affected my life. And like, once I started to shift my mindset around those things and understand that, like, if you want to play at, the, if you're listening to this podcast, right, you're trying to play at a certain level. You're not just trying to do the maximum minimum, right? So like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're the type of person that you want to like run at optimal speed all the time. So if you are that person, like think about your body as if you were like an Olympian, you know, like you're an Olympic swimmer or like runner or whatever, like you always have to have your tools and your body at its maximum potential so that that way you can be at your maximum potential. And like, I know for me as an entrepreneur, like as an entrepreneur, like you're playing at a whole different level, like where you have to be in order for me to tackle the amount of things that I have to do on a daily basis, I have to be super sharp and super physically like on it. Because if I'm not like, I'm so far behind the curb. It's like, it, it's hard to imagine now, like not being the way that I am today, you know, like, it's just, it, it makes you think better. It makes you organize better. It makes you become like a better manager of like everything, you know, and it, it clears your mind and opens up your, your consciousness to like different things that you can't even really explain. So I think good. movement is like the ultimate form of meditation. Yeah. You know, I've, at least for me, like I'm not a meditator. I've tried uh, not into it, but, but movement or exercise when I'm in the gym, when I put on music and go for a walk or whatever, it, it, it does that for me. It, it puts me in that mindset where it's, it, it just changes my mindset to this positivity and then, and it, 
turns it into this, like, especially if I'm in the gym, if I'm doing like sets or something and they start to get hard, I will literally coach myself in my head and I will uh, pertain it to work in a good way where it's like, I can get through this just like you can get through the podcast you've always wanted to launch or, you know, whatever it is. And it's almost like this form of like meditation and like self-coaching that, um, I'd never realized before was like a thing. (laughs) Well, when it, when it comes down to like working out, it's hard. Like it's always going to be hard and you're always going to be pushing your body. You're always going to be like slightly uncomfortable when you're doing it. Like, I mean, try to go for a run. It like, you realize all the things that hurt and try to like lift heavy weights and try to do all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like doing hard work feels good. Like it, yeah. it does it, it. You're just like, dang, I did that. Like think of the first time that you like nailed the perfect color correction. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that was so fucking hard, but I'm so proud of myself for doing it. Mm-hmm. So like when it comes down to like working out, like you need to put yourself in tough situations or in hard situations in order for you to gain that confidence to like, cause that confidence will mm-hmm. trip, like, you know, it will come out in more areas of your life. So all of us are kind of saying the same message. We're like, Hey, we, we all see you. We all understand you. We hear you working out, moving your body is hard. You're like, you sweat, you feel gross, you get sore. There's all those like uncomfortable things. But at the end of the day, when you do those things, you feel better because Mm -hmm. it feels shitty when you don't do things. Like when you just lay around all day and it's like, you have like, I, I don't know about you, but like some of my clients are like, oh, you know, Shelby, I see you're doing so many things. And, you know, I'm just kind of like living my life, like, you know, nothing new. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. And, and it is like, they feel bad seeing other people succeed. And it's like, you don't have to feel that way. Like you can do all the things that I'm doing. You can work out, you can move your body. You can like, you know, I mean, you don't have to like do all the things I'm doing, but (laughs) you can still like have more than just your like, wake up, go to work, come home, eat shit, watch Netflix, go to bed. Like, oh, like such a huge part of that. Like I, I know, like, for a fact, like when I'm, you know, when I have like five plates on my leg press and I'm like lifting, like I'm digging deep and I'm mentally like going to a place. (laughs) And like, once I'm done with that, I feel like a different human. Like I feel capable of anything. Like I was literally just, I was in a soul cycle class two days ago and I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. I haven't done this in so long. And I was like, the girl is screaming at us and I'm like dripping with sweat. And I'm just like, yes, you can do this. Like in my head, you know, like, so it's just, it's amazing. Like the places that it's more about your mind. Like, like, it's like flexing your, the, the mind muscle, you know, on like digging deep and telling yourself like, you can fucking do this. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's so awesome about it. And like, I, I do like mental replays whenever I need like inner strength for anything, like, yeah, bitch, you got this, like, you just fucking, like, bench, you know, like, this, or, like, you were just in that soul cycle class, and you did the whole thing, and all the runs, and, like, you're the shit, so, like, it's, it's, like, those things that, honestly, are, like, my little mental inner hype man that (laughs) keeps me going, you know, so, I don't know, that's just, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and it feels good. Like it, it's nice. Like when you're done and you're like, wow, if I don't do anything for the rest of the day, I did that. And I feel good now. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I, can we switch this for a second? Because I know that Jess had posted a while back about self-care mm-hmm. and about how everyone talks about self-care as like facials and uh, drinks and pools and whatever. But I know that this conversation turned and made me think, because I never even thought about it like this, but for me, the self-care that I need is actually the stuff I don't usually want to do. Like, I don't wake up in the morning super excited to go to the gym. Like, almost every day I have to, like, go, Misty, just walk in. (laughs) like and for me though I know for a fact that my self-care is doing that thing that I don't necessarily want to do because I know that it will help every aspect of my day and I think that that self-care I think we need to think about it like that um somebody was saying online the other day that their self-care is going to physical therapy you know, going to more doctor's appointments because they have like internal issues, like self-care could be therapy, whatever. Um, you guys agree? Definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. I think that, um, it's, it is like down to like exercising your true potential. Cause like, we're, we're talking about all this mindset stuff and it's like, Hey, I need this for my mindset. Like I need to like be more aware of like, I need to do this thing in order for it to be better. So I think that when we think of self-care, like we do think of like the, you know, I need to go get my nails done and I need to do this. And it's like, no, it's so much more than that. Like I know that my self-care, I actually have to like get out of the house and I work and I live in the same building and my gym's right next door. So I signed up for a different gym that I actually have to get into the car and go to. And, um, I do a 45 minute workout outside every single day just to get out of the house. Cause that is my form of self care. But every time I look out that damn window and it's like about to rain, I'm like, Oh, it's like all the feels that I'm just like, I don't know if I should do this. Like it, it looks uncomfortable out there, but I know once I do it and I'm done, I'm like, dang, I did that. And, you know, I think that self-care is just a, another thing that feels so good about it is that I, I always say to myself, like every day that I do something that I didn't want to do, it's like, yo, I did this and most people wouldn't have like, mm. I, you know, you, and that's confidence. You put your, like, I have a little more confidence. I'm not trying to sound cocky or arrogant or anything like that. I'm just like, yo, I did this. I already did it. I'm not like, you know, it doesn't, no one told me I had to do it. I told myself I didn't want to do it. And that's like the reward of this self-care. I think everyone's definition of self-care should be different. We shouldn't have just like overall blanket, like, Hey, if you're not getting massage once, once a month, doing your nails regularly, you know, um, talking like self-love to yourself, then what is that? To me, self-care is creating more confidence in myself, like loving myself more. That is self-care, like being kinder to my body, being kinder to my mindset, making myself be a little uncomfortable in like pushing myself out of my comfort zone to gain more confidence. All of that to me is self-care. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Self-care for sure is like, to me, it used to be like, oh, I get my manicure every week and my hair done and like all the, all the things like that you hear everyone talk about. But 
more as I've done like a lot more inner work, I've learned, you know, for me, it's more about like setting healthy boundaries and like building trust within yourself again. Like, cause like what you were just saying, Shelby, you know, you are, your self-confidence also comes with like trusting yourself and your intuition, you know, like that it's, it's building that relationship with yourself, especially like if you have trauma and you're like, you're somebody that, um, that is super disconnected and not really trusting their inner, you know, inner anything anymore. Like it's hard to connect with yourself, to have trust with yourself, to even like to, to feel confident about yourself anymore. So like, this is a great way I've found for me to like build, not only like take care of yourself in a self-care way that nobody wants to talk about, but also in rebuilding trust within yourself and like repairing trauma wounds, which I think is really cool. You know, it's like when you start to trust your intuition and you start to trust like that you're going to do the right thing for yourself, like no matter what, that's like a super powerful thing, you know? And, and that just like rebuilds a lot of like, you know, for me, at least it's been super helpful in like rebuilding a lot of like my trust within myself and, and repairing like old wounds. Well, confidence is built on accomplishments. That's like one of my favorite Mm -hmm. quotes. Cause it's so true. And you can think about it in the tiniest of ways, or you can think about it in the biggest of ways, you know, I mean, even down to when you first started doing hair, you had your first client, it was terrifying. You know, then you had your next client. It was a little less scary. You had your next client, a little less, you know what I mean? And then now a new client walks in and it's like, you're not, your heart doesn't even beat fast. You know, it's like the more you do something, the more confident you get in doing it. And the more, you know, you, I don't want to say mess up, but you learn something from it. And that builds your confidence as well, you know? But the main thing is you actually have to fucking do it. You have to do something (laughs) to gain confidence. I think the problem with our world is that people are like, (laughs) oh, you should be born with confidence. Like, oh, you're so confident. Like, it must run in your genes. No, bullshit. Mm. I'm confident because I did hard shit. And I got yeah. through it and I made a lot of fucking mistakes. Like I, I'm confident in knowing that I'm confident in knowing what kind of business I'm not well, like I don't work well in because I fucking tried it. Like I tried opening multiple different types of businesses in different industries. I know what I don't want to do. I'm confident in that. I know yeah. what I can do because I've been actually doing it. So if you're struggling with confidence, when's the last time you did something hard? When's the last time you pushed yourself? And it's one little fucking thing at a time. A lot of times we like focus on like the big picture. Like, oh, like let's say you're like, you want to lose weight. You're like, all right, I I really need to lose these 50 pounds or, okay, let's say 10 pounds, 10 pounds. Okay. I want to lose 10 pounds. Every decision that you make from here on out is either going to get you closer to that or further away. You're like a tree. You're either growing or dying. So when, when we think about that, it's like, all right, when you wake up in the morning, do you snooze or do you wake up? That's one decision. One, if you fuck up that one decision, there's like, it's your fault. It's your fault. Um, I snooze every day. Just saying I'm a snoozer <laughs> at least five times. I set my alarm 30 minutes early on purpose. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. You, that's planned. You know? Yeah. You plan it's, that. It's planned. <laughs> okay. I snooze too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like, okay, I set my alarm at 6.30, but I know I want to wake up by at least 7.30. So I'm yeah. like, you know what? My first <laughs> alarm goes off at 6.30, but if I don't wake up at 7.30, I fucked up for the day. Yeah. Um, it's like, there was this one guy who was like, oh, um, did you like pass or fail? Like you need to like think of everything like, oh, did I pass or did I fail? And he's like, every time you hit the snooze, you fail. And I was like, yeah, but what if it's a planned snooze? Like what yeah. if like I'm passing because I, I know I'm going to snooze until this you passed your planned snooze. <laughs> That's what I vote for. <laughs> but anywho, you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> comes down to like going to the gym or staying home and watching Netflix, it's one decision. That one decision, like if you're going to like binge watch Netflix or you're going to like go outside or like, you know, do like a 20 minute, like whatever workout in your house, that one decision is getting you closer to losing that 10 pounds. It's not, you know, every, like it, it is every decision that leads up to it. But when we think about it one step at a time, one choice at a time, it makes it so much easier. You just need to self-evaluate and then know that like, it's your fault if you're not happy. It's your fault. Like if you're not getting towards your goal, like you can, like, how can you adjust? Like what we talked about last time, like, do you make, do you need to make a sacrifice or do you need to make an investment? Like, what is it? But to be like self-aware of like, what's going on, what your goal is. And if you are taking the right steps, making the right choices towards that goal. And I think being self-aware too can, can go, it can have a flow to it as well. So like, for example, on Friday, I was in a mood and I drove to the gym. I sat out in front of the gym and I said, I don't want to do this. I drove home and I got on my bicycle and I did 10 miles because I wasn't in the mood to be inside. I wasn't in the mood to be, you know, in the, I just wasn't in the mood for that. Um, but I didn't completely go home and lay on the couch. Yeah. Like I still, still knew that I was going to feel better if I did something, but I think that it's also okay to like know yourself and know what you need. And like you said, still make sure you're, you're going towards your goal, but it doesn't you don't have to be so hard on yourself either. Like sometimes it's okay to shift in a way that you're still going towards your goal, just maybe not the exact way every day, if that makes sense. Like you can flow with it. I've done that a million times. I've walked into the gym, not liked the, you know, the energy and walked right out and then gone back home, went on my like spin bike on my balcony or done some yoga. Like the point is like, you can, you can be like, you know what, this isn't fitting me right now. Or like I've taken pre-workout and looked outside and been like, "Hmm, nope. I'm not going right now. I, it just doesn't suit me. I'm going to get some work done and then I'm going to go in an hour and I will, I will like stick to that commitment. But I think it is like big to know, especially if you are like introverted or whatever, you don't like being around people. I deal with that a lot. I don't like being around people. Um, a lot of people, <laughs> but like, yeah, be, be self-aware of what's going to work and what's not going to work. Cause if you're constantly forcing yourself to do something that you really don't want to do, it's not going to work. Yeah. Be stubborn. What is it? Stubborn with your goals, but flexible with your methods. Mm. I'm just like a walking Pinterest board right now. (laughs) (laughs) This whole podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, I think that another thing that's like really important when it comes down to like having all these goals and like, 
you know, working really hard is knowing that you can have like your goal and you can be like, okay, I really want this and this and this, and I'm going to work really fucking hard. But also there's like the flip side of it. You need to also have gratitude for like where, how far you've come, like how much you've accomplished through all this. It like, it goes hand in hand. It's that yin and yang. Because if you're constantly like, I, I get told more times than not to slow the fuck down. And like, I pulled a card the other day and it was like, slow down. My last coaching call was me to slow down. Like I just get told all the time to slow down. And I'm like, maybe it's not that I need to slow down. Maybe it's that I need to practice more gratitude for where I'm at because slowing down to me doesn't sound appealing at all. I'm like, to be honest with you, it, it, lights me on fire when people tell me to slow down. I'm like, slow down. I'm not where I want to be. So, (laughs) but when it comes down to gratitude, like I've been practicing it every day. And I like, um, one of my mentors says that he ties it into when he brushes his teeth, he focuses on what he's grateful for. And I've been doing that. I'm like, okay, every time I brush my teeth, I'm like, I'm thankful for Josh and I'm thankful for this. And this is like so great. And it, it does help. Because now I'm like, okay, my goal still is there, but I can also like think about all the things that brought me, that I've done to bring me here and that I am thankful for this and that this life is great and I am building something and I am working towards something that doesn't suck. Like I'm, I'm like, uh, I almost said comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I'm like, um, what is it called? Like you're content with the direction. I'm happily dissatisfied. Like, oh, Ooh, I like that, right? <laughs> like, I'm happily dissatisfied with my life. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, but I'm dissatisfied because I know where I want to go. So I think that gratitude is like a huge thing that like, when we think of gratitude, a lot of people, I, sorry, I'm like hogging the mic. Um, <laughs> when we think of gratitude, um, we think of like, oh, we're just going to say all the things we're grateful for. It's like, no, you need this in order to like center yourself so you can be grateful for like where you've come. So you're not just fucking miserable about where you're not or where you want to be. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. It's like, this is powerful because if you're always focusing on like, I don't have that mansion. I don't have that, you know, big bank account. I don't have that fancy car. I don't have that perfect relationship. Then that's what, that your mind, you're just filling your mind with negative things. I don't, I don't, I don't, I want, I want, I want, I can't, I can't, I can't. But when you think of, I have these things, I'm grateful for this. I love this part about my life. I've worked so hard. I am like, I am successful in these ways. That's where it comes into play where you're like, oh, here's your balance. Here's like, here's the good things. Yes. What brings you back to the present? Yeah. You know, I feel like we, we think too much in the future or sometimes we think too much in the past. You know, I think the people who, um, you know, are just content and don't get out of their comfort zone. I think they're a little too much in the past. It's a little too much like, well, this is how it's always been. And this is how it's always going to be. Um, so I think the gratitude thing, it's something I've been trying to do too. I lay in bed and think of, um, all the things I'm grateful for. I try to think about how far I've come in various aspects of my life. Um, and it does, it feels good because we get caught up in the, I don't want to use the word hustle, but we get caught up in the daily grind of things, um, that we just forget sometimes that, wow, like, look what I did. Look how far I've come. I mean, even let's take it back to the gym. First time you walk in the gym, you pick up 10 pounds. Oh, that's kind of heavy. You know, years later you can pick up 200 and it's like, you're mad that you can't pick up 220. 
You know what I mean? And it's like you forget that at one point you struggled with 10. Like it's, it just kind of all goes hand in hand. Yeah. And it goes back to like, you know, if you're always, it's like, there is no happiness at the end of like wherever it is you're trying to go, you know, like at the end of the day, you're, you're always going to be chasing that next like thing. Right. So you have to kind of like, it's, it goes back to mindset. You have to kind of bring it back to, you know, cause you're going to bring you with you wherever you go. So if you're completely miserable here and you're completely miserable here, no matter how much shit you've done in between, like you're still going to be miserable. <laughs> so you have yeah. to like, kind of like figure out like no matter where you're at, like how to just be happy sitting with you where you're at and be grateful. For right. Most people go through life and they, they have no concept of any of the stuff that we're talking about. <laughs> It's like, true. Not a clue. Like I, I actually had this just happen the other day where I was with someone and, um, it, it was like a friend of ours and, you know, we were talking and we're like, yeah, like he seems, you know, like he's not doing well. And like, he just really like hates himself or whatever, for whatever reason. And I wish he could just see what we see, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And it's, it's like, and we were saying like, if he could only be like a little more self-aware, but I don't think he even like wants to go there. You know what I mean? And like, I, I get that. Like a lot of people don't want to, it's a scary place, you know, and you have to be really brave and it takes a lot to like dig deep and like, you know, pull out uncomfortable things and analyze them and, and accept responsibility and, you know, accountability is, is super, super hard and super powerful. And, and, and it's some, it's just not for everyone. And like, like, that's why I feel like I was just thinking about this too, when I was listening to that podcast earlier was just how lucky I am to have gotten on this journey and how, like, I don't think I would have been on this journey had it not been for becoming uh, my own boss and like having, you know, like people that work underneath me and having to like, look at myself, like becoming an entrepreneur was really like one of the most powerful, like self-work things that I've ever done. And like one of the most amazing things that has come from, you know, opening up my own business and, and doing all these extra things that I wanted to do. And I had no idea that that was going to come with the package, you know, like I just thought I was going to open up a salon and, and everything was going to be hunky dory. I had no idea, like the extra stuff that came along with it, but like it, it's really crazy because the, the things that I have experienced and the ways that I've expanded, um, you know, in my own consciousness and like the things that I've been able to heal and like work through have been unreal. And I don't think I would have been on that journey or had come so far in such a short amount of time. And I would have probably been, I would have been self-aware, but I would have been in like self-awareness hell, you know, cause this has kind of forced me to like actually work through them. Like, cause you know, there's a difference between be being self-aware and then actually like figuring out how to do the work to get out of like the trauma cycles or whatever, you know, kind of cycles you're in. So for me, like becoming a, a boss or becoming an entrepreneur has definitely pushed me 
to do a lot more inner work and it's been such a huge blessing and and i'm very grateful for it yeah i agree it's hard it's hard um admitting if you've made mistakes in the past it's hard um all of it all self-awareness is fucking a bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's like being pregnant you can't there is no being unpregnant you know well nobody wants to say that they don't know things and like you know what i mean and and being like holding yourself accountable sometimes is going you know what i was wrong i don't i didn't know that like let's learn from that like and nobody wants to say that like nobody likes saying that you know yeah i don't i i totally agree with you you know, um, Jess, one of the things that you just brought up that like kind of triggered me, it's like when you become a boss and you have other people who rely on you, it does change the game. Like yeah. even like Misty, like you being a coach, it's like you got to be on your A game so you can like help these people. They rely on you. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm vested in you. You got to be vested in me, which makes it all the more reason why we should have like be healthy both inside and out like we need to be like fully present our best version of ourselves because these people rely on us if we close the doors to our salon or we decide that we're not going to coach anymore we're letting people down like people need us and Mm -hmm. i think that it is like it's really nice i'm i'm actually reading this book relentless from tim grover i'm like reading it again. And it was talking about like pressure and how pressure is actually a privilege. When someone puts pressure on you, it's a privilege because they believe in you. They believe that you can do it. Now, too much pressure turns into stress and that's where like it can get bad. But when you have pressure and you deal with it, like you, you, you like work well under pressure and you know how to manage that pressure to get through it, it's a great thing. And that, and that's the only way that you'll be successful. No one who's successful doesn't like, there's no one who's successful that has never felt pressure. And I thought that that was really cool. Cause like at work, I do feel the pressure. I'm like, I have the pressure to keep this place afloat, to, you know, keep this place clean, make sure that the cleaners coming in when they're coming in, make sure that like, you know, everyone's happy in the salon. Like that's the pressure. Like when you're coaching, it's like, hey, I have this pressure to make sure that my my clients are successful, that they get out of debt, that they like, you know, they feel better about themselves and that I'm giving my all to it. It's pressure. It's great. It's like, wow, what what an honor it is to be this person for them. So mm-hmm. I think it does drive us into being the highest version of ourselves, like to work towards that. Even like for those of you who are listening, like you have pressure from your families, from maybe if you have children, your clients, like all of that, you have that pressure. If you go to work and you do a shit ass job, then like that, that's on you. That's all you, that's your fault. Like, and if you're not there to like make enough money for your family or whatever, like you have that pressure and why not use that pressure to grow and to make sure that you're set up and being the highest, best version of yourself. That's so good. (laughs) I think figuring that out is the hardest part. Like figuring out what it is that goes back to like the accountability, right? Like, like for those listening, like what is it that is the pressures turning into stress, Mm. you know, and then figure out like, what can I do 
to change that? What actions can I take? Maybe, you know, maybe it's working out. Maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's hiring a coach, whatever, like, but like really just holding yourself accountable for whatever is happening in your life that is causing that stress and figuring out, actually taking action and figuring out how you can change it. Because I think that's where people get stuck is they just think that this is it. This is my life. And this is always going to be my life, you know? And, and that's, it's not true. It doesn't have to be true. Like, what is it that you want for your life? like take the action to do it and figure out how to do it, whether it's like a mental struggle, a physical struggle, a business struggle, like anything. Like there are so many resources and things out there that can help you make the pressure the good pressure. (laughs) Yeah. The pressure that forces you to change, forces you to grow, forces you to like move, like get out of your comfort zone. Like- Like, I think that pressure is a really good thing. I think that, you know, misuse of pressure or like um, too much pressure. Yeah, that's when it like leads into something that's bad. But we do have resources more than ever to help us with that pressure. Even just like journaling what we're thinking about, that kind of relieves a little bit of pressure. It's Yeah, you know, I don't – go ahead. No, go on. I don't remember what book that I read, um, but I read this book that talked about when something happens, say you have a situation, like maybe a bad client, but something that's like really getting to you, like right when it happens, go home and write out the situation on a piece of paper. And let me tell you what, there is something about releasing it and putting it like on paper where it's there that is healing. I remember having to break up with a client one time and it was really an ugly situation. And I did that. I came home and I wrote out the whole thing. She walked in. I said this. She said that. And I have hardly thought about it since then. And there's something about, I don't know what you want to call it, but there's something about like like whatever is stressing you out, like just getting, you're admitting it. Even if you're just admitting it to a piece of paper, you know what I mean? Like it, it's like you're accepting the situation. You're putting it out there. It, you can burn the paper. You don't need to save it. But like, it's like, huh, like it, it's funny. I, I think of like breakups. Like I got a letter <laughs> when I broke up with this dude, <laughs> he wrote me like a three page letter. And I was like, this was for him. It wasn't for me. It right. was for him to just like write out all of his shit that he was feeling. I mean, he shouldn't have sent it because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> but like, I think about that and it's like, it's so true. Go on, Jess. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about, um, Shit, I just lost my train of thought. I was thinking about um, it being like a coping mechanism and like the other kinds of like it's so your nervous system flares up. It's almost like a trauma response when there's too much stress, right? And you go into fight or flight. So whenever you go into fight or flight, you go into like the old habitual things. Most of the time they're like negative, some sort of like cycles that we get into in order to like cope with stress and like negative, like pushback. Right. So when, when we're talking about like different stuff like this, yeah, this is like a perfect scenario for when, you know, it's a great opportunity to try and be conscientiously aware enough to break that cycle and go towards something like a healthy coping response, like journaling or meditating 
or even just like pausing and sitting instead of reacting immediately, you know, like just, just doing something different to like break that cycle. It, it goes back to like mindset stuff of like how you are wanting to show up. Do you want to continue to bring the same kinds of things to these same patterns of behaviors or do you want to break those cycles and try and like do something different? So like what something that I've been doing lately that that's really helped me a lot is just like being more well, when I sit and I like meditate, because meditation is like a form of concentrating, right? So in order to be like conscientiously aware enough to break unconscious things that we're doing all the time, you know, you have to sort of like practice this thing. So I do that every single day. And so whenever I feel something, I'm like, oh God, this is like, this is one of those things. Like I'm so self-aware that I'm able to like counterbalance like that and, and go towards something that's more healthy or like change the way that I'm perceiving something or even like being self-aware of like that moment is even huge, you know? And like, am I, I don't know, am I making any sense? <laughs> I feel like I'm real. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, sorry. No, go ahead. No, it's just like, the more that I learn about these sorts of things and the more, that's why it's like this whole like self-awareness journey and like doing inner work and understanding like your subconscious and how we're in patterns of behaviors and how your nervous system works and within all of this stuff. It's just so interesting to me to see how like you know, we put so much emphasis on like emotion and how like we're, you know, like I know for myself, I can speak for myself. Like I used to go through life thinking like, oh, I'm just like, like the shame cycle, you know, of thinking like, I'm a bad person. I can't figure this out. I can't get my shit together. I can't go to the gym. I can't like, I can't figure this shit out. Like everyone else seems to have their life figured out, but I can't figure it out, you know? And like, for me, understanding that like, it's not even an emotional thing. It's like a physiological thing, like down to the cellular level. It's like your neural pathways that have been created. Your body goes on autopilot. So it's, it's much harder for your body to try and like change directions and like create something new. So it always wants to go back to a habitual pattern and like just understanding that it's not an emotional thing that your body is like literally a machine and this is how it works. And it, all you have to do is just reprogram it. You know, like that for me was like, you know, that I could actually just reprogram my brain that it wasn't like a shame thing. It wasn't an emotional thing. It's not your bad person thing, or you can't get your shit together. It's just that like, this is how your fucking brain works. This is how everyone's brain works. You're not unique. You're not special. You're not a piece of shit. You're not like terrible you are just a fucking human being and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> that's where I was going with it. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating though, how everyone, we're such narcissistic people, like humans, like humans in general, we just are. And I just find it fascinating that everyone goes through very similar things in their mind, but we all think we're the only ones going through it. Like always. Yeah, yeah. And I don't now I don't understand it like I do it still even though I know that I have people that I can talk to about it I know people are going through the same things I will still in my head be like oh nobody's gonna understand and then I'll have one conversation <laughs> with somebody and then I'm better <laughs> like, 
Do you think that <laughs> yeah. it's that no one understands or you know that, okay, so, okay, I'm going to continue on with that question. <laughs> or that you know that no one's gonna hold the space for you to explain yourself. Because I think that the, ever since I learned how to hold space, which means like when you hold space for someone, you just basically like shut up, listen to what they're saying, ask them questions about it and let them like get out how they're feeling. So if they're explaining like a hard situation, you're just like, that's understandable. And how did that make you feel? Or tell me more about this. And you actually like kind of act like a therapist where you're just like, continue on, keep going. My problem mm -hmm. with like, feeling like I'm alone or feeling like I need to talk about this is I, I have to tell like Josh, for instance, I'm like, Josh, I need you to hold space <laughs> for me. And he's like, okay, I'll shut up. And like, and, <laughs> and he'll like, he'll allow me to like talk it through because at the mm. end of the day, we do know I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who thinks this. I do have the answer to this because we all have the, like, we have the answer most times. And if we mm -hmm. don't have the answer, we're kind of leaning towards something and we just want someone to confirm it for us. But mm -hmm. most importantly, if you can learn how to one, hold space for people and two, choose someone to teach them how to hold space for you, I think that like it helps so much. It's helped me in my relationship so much. Cause I can tell mm. when Josh is like, you know, ripping at the seams cause he wants to like tell me, but he's like, I'm holding space for you. How does that make <laughs> you feel? <laughs> well, yeah, there's nothing more frustrating though. When like, when, right. When you want to just really vent or like you want to try and figure it out on your own and somebody tries to fix it. Like, oh, like my, my mom will do that to me, like where I'll call her and I just want to vent. I just want to vent to my mom and she will just start quote unquote fixing it. And I get so upset. I get so mad. <laughs> like, I just, like, no, I didn't call like to hear you talk. I called to hear my own voice. Please stop. <laughs> oh my God. Same. Like when Ashley and I, like when we first started dating, I would literally, we would have knockdown drag out fights over this. I would call her and I'd be so upset over something. And she would just be like, so you need to do this and you need to do this. And this is what I think about this. And this is, and I'm like, no, I want to, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, like don't tell me what to do. That's not what I need for me right now. You know, yeah. I had no idea what holding space was, but it was so frustrating. But like, yeah, that's so annoying. Well, we just want to be heard again. Like yeah. a lot of times, like I'm learning this with my son. You know, he's six, and and I'm like trying to figure out the best way to like communicate with him because I want him to be a boy that knows how to communicate. Um, and I'm learning that kids just want to be heard really us in general humans. We want to be loved. We want to be heard. We want to feel safe. And it's mm -hmm. like, when you are talking to somebody, you, that's all you want from them. You want them to love you. You want them to hear you and you want to be a safe space where you're not feeling judged. Um, mm -hmm. and you just have to find those people because, I mean, I have friends I've had forever, but I can't necessarily have the same conversations with them as I can with like you guys, like where y'all know how to have those kind of conversations because that takes work. That was one of the hardest things for me when I turned into the coaching um, route was, was for me to not talk over, you know, and try and like immediately tell them what to do. Really, I just needed to listen to them, hear them out. Like you said, Shelby, ask the right questions and like, 
and it, it takes work. It takes practice to be that person for someone else as well. And it, you really have to seek out someone to be that person for you too. Yeah. I totally agree. It, it is hard. It's hard, especially when you have opinions on it. So like when it comes down to like the people that we're close with, the people that like they, um, we have, we have prejudged opinions on their situation. It's hard to be like, tell me more about this <laughs> because we when want really, to- we want to be like, bitch, this is what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, I told you. I told you about yeah. this. <laughs> right. When are you yeah. ever going to freaking listen to me? Because they, they don't like, like know it all. Uh, and I think that's why people like um, social media platforms. Like I think of Clubhouse and I think of like even Zoom or like group coaching or anything like that, like community, like people like that because they feel seen, heard, loved. They feel safe. Like I, I the it amazes me the first time that, well, when we went to Tulum together, how I was just like, wow, I feel so loved by all these fucking strangers. I feel <laughs> like, because I was heard, I would, I had that space where I could like, I remember like going to, like, we would sit down for like lunch and it was like, no matter who I sat next to, I know that I could just be like, Hey, I need to talk about this. And like, someone was there to like have an open ear with no prejudgment on me because y'all don't know me and <laughs> and we could talk about things so i think that like as hairstylists like we have that power with our clients and maybe you're not like realizing it but behind the chair you don't have to give your advice you can just hold space for people and allow them to talk and just ask them questions about it and that is more powerful than you telling them what you think they should do. Yeah. yeah. That's huge for me, honestly. Like when I, we came back from Tulum after learning all that, like I, I felt an energetic difference immediately after leaving the salon because I used to be the type of person, like I would sit there and I would like give the full performance, you know, and like give them my everything. And then by the end of the day I was fucking exhausted you know and I had nothing left in my tank and I would come home and I would completely crash you know and so for me understanding that holding space for my clients rather than trying to like literally give them my all which was sucking the literal fucking life out of me you know like I, <laughs> I, I'm sure everyone's experienced that um and like, I see my girls doing it now. Like I just had a conversation with somebody the other day and I was like, listen, let me explain something to you that I've learned in Tulum. It really has helped me like holding space. Like you don't have to do the most, like they're, they love you. They're already here. They're already committed. They're going to come back. You know, like you don't have to like do the whole dog and pony show, like save your energy, you know, because you have like four more people to do today. And like, you want to go home and have a life tonight and not be spent. So like, it's cool to, to see that now and like recognize that I had no idea that that was even a thing. And like being able to come home now and like, I go out after work and I enjoy dinner and I like have beautiful conversations and make memories before I literally the last 10 years had been just like working, coming home, and like, I wouldn't plan anything if I was going to work. Like that just didn't work for me because I would be too tired. 
so it's just an amazing thing like energy wise how big of a shift that's been for me i'm glad you said that because i'm going back behind the chair next week and Mm -hmm. i never even thought of that like that's oh yeah yeah like because i was definitely the one like at the end of the day i would just sit in my suite and i would just sit there for like 20 to 30 minutes in silence because i was just done and yeah, that's good. That's, you know, another thing that comes down to like having conversations with people and then self-awareness as well. Something that I'm finding um, that I have done since Tulum is that when I have a conversation with somebody and something like, like makes me mad or I start feeling myself getting defensive, instead of getting mad at the person, because that's what I always used to do, I will like now I'll be like, okay, why did I get that way? What do, what do I need to look at? Why did that make me feel that way? Like, like I immediately, like, I don't even get mad at people anymore. Like (laughs) now it's like, all right, what is this doing to me on the inside? There's a reason like, and it's so it's, I found it so fascinating. I'm also learning a lot about myself. (laughs) I literally feel the exact same way. I've been like, anytime something like I've recognized that resistance, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes. Like whenever I get angry or upset about something and I'm like, ooh, so, okay, so why is that coming up in me? Why do I feel like this? Why does it trigger me? Why am I bothered? Like, and it's usually like, I have to retrace my steps back to however I've recognized feeling that feeling before and like my childhood mm-hmm. and it's always my childhood. It always is my fucking childhood. You know, like I, Apparently I was really fucked up in my childhood, but like, (laughs) weren't we all, (laughs) you know know what I'm saying? Like, it's always like something from my past. I'm like more and more. I'm like, fuck, like that time I was bullied or fuck that time. Like my mom like yelled at me or whatever. And like all those things are like coming up and it's crazy to like, see how much those things are affecting. I'm a 40 year old woman and they're still affecting my life today. It's insane from like random people having like just normal conversations with me and I'm getting triggered, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's wild. It's so good. Like I, I agree. When I came back from Tulum too, I was like really good at holding space. And then lately I find that I'm not, but also on that topic of like seeing what's going on and then taking a moment and being like, why is this triggering me? Why am I feeling this way? Like what, what did that person say that caused me to feel this way? Um, I was on a zoom with Jordan uh, a couple of days ago And she was talking about like, she, how, like when we think of like self-awareness and we think of like things that are happening to us, we can, a good, a good analogy is to think of them like notifications on our phone. Like this popped up like, Oh, you know, mommy issues up, (laughs) um, childhood trauma. Like, and you you think about these things because they do pop up it when people like, when people think of like mindset work and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's called work because it's like ongoing. It's like where you're not, it's just not just a one and done. Like we, we all went to Tulum. We went on this, like, you know, um, healer path journey, whatever it is. And I'm still figuring out things that we learned in Tulum that are popping up today that I'm like, that's it. That's it. And like the other day I realized that Jordan said it in in the thing. She's like, you know, 
it's, it's one of those things that you can have a bad day. You can, you can just like wake up and it just not like you just not be in a mood. And I think especially as women, like we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace if we're not feeling as like hypey or as social or as whatever we normally feel and like accept and like know that like, okay, today is just one of those days that like, I know what I have to avoid. And I know that I have to give myself a little extra of a pep talk in order to do these things that I need to do. But the difference is when you're more self-aware, instead of it being a bad week, it's a bad day. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, or like a bad moment. It's like, okay, like I'm the other day, I was just like, you know, I'm just, I'm just exhausted. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm shutting off my social media. I'm just like, all these things aren't serving me right now. I need to like be by myself. And just hearing that from Jordan being like, it's okay for you to have an off day. I was like, I don't know why I needed this permission. Mm. I needed like someone to tell me that it's okay to have an off day, off time, whatever, but it's not okay for it to be a week. It's not okay for it to be a month for you to be like stuck like that, but like give yourself grace to be like, okay, here's what I need to do because I'm just in this mood. I'm just in this funk. I just need to like, and I, I associate that with food a lot. I'm just like, I need to juice today because I just need to feel like very like cleansed. I need like to drink more water today. I need to eat like more fruit or whatever. Cause like I need to have a ginger shot. Like I, I do all those things, especially when I have cold sores that I'm like, I need to like put this in my body because my body's asking for it. And I need to like be more gentle. I need to like lay off the stress, put the to do's to tomorrow because it's just not like anything that's not really serving me right now. I'm just, I'm just done with it. I'm just, okay. It's, it's not that important. It can wait till tomorrow. They're like, I created my own damn deadline. I can move the deadline if I need to. Yeah. It goes back to finding the flow. Yeah. What'd you say, Jess? No, I was saying like the pressure is real though. Like the self-pressure, like that shit's like no joke. I Mm -hmm. I'm like the worst about it. I, I put so much pressure on myself and like, I'll, I still have weeks where I'm like in a, in a weird funk and like, I'm getting better. And I definitely like my, my recovery time has gotten a lot faster and like me and Ashley were having a conversation about this the other day. She's like, you're doing so good. Like you are really like managing things better and like your time to bounce back has been a lot better and like you're you know like she even notices and 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 I notice too but I still have those like funk things that I go through you know and um but I definitely it's been a lot shorter and it's been a lot easier to recoup from them and the shame and the 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 self shame that I put myself through is like going away you know, it's still a little there, but (laughs) yeah, it's hard. I had a really bad day yesterday. Um, and it was just a bad day. Like I just wanted to cry all day for no reason. There was nothing, nothing happened like, you know, and it, but it's to the point where it's like, I know now that I will have better days where before it was like, fuck, like, why am I feeling like this? I'm going to be stuck here forever. And now it's like, no, no, no. Like I just had two great weeks where I felt like I could take over the world. This is one bad day. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. And if it's not, I'm going to do something to make it better than it is. Like, you know, it's like you you just can't dive into it and and get stuck in it. And I wanted to say something about um, what we were talking about too, about like um, 
like, you know, people triggering us and like how we respond. Um, it's interesting because it's so easy to blame someone else. It's so hard to look internally and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's, it, that's the hard part. And it comes down to like this whole conversation of kind of, you know, figuring out what it is that you need for yourself, you know, whether it's a bad day or a conversation or something that's, you know, fucking with you on the, on the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's saying this is also good. Um, but I am going to wrap us up. <laughs> um, <laughs> These are going to turn into like three hour podcasts. Like Rogan I, style. Yeah. I love it. Um, so do you ladies have any final words that you want to say? I would just say like, you know, just remember that like not everything happens overnight, you know, every, like a lot of big things all come from a lot of, sorry, big things all come from a lot of very small things. So, So if you can just like break it down and do it little bits by little bits, like you can accomplish just about anything and just be easy on yourself. I think that's like the biggest thing is like, we're all so hard on ourselves. Like, you know, if you can't be easy on yourself, how are you going to be easy with other people? You know? Yeah. I would say, um, everyone has bad days. You know, everyone has bad moments. Whatever you're seeing online isn't the full story. I don't care who you're looking at. Um, and you can relate to people, excuse me, you can relate to people a lot more than you think. Like you are not alone in whatever it is that you're feeling and you can find people that want to help you and want to um, put you in a happier place Um, because happiness exists. That doesn't mean that you don't have bad days, but Mm -hmm. you can have more happy than bad. So good. Um, and for my final word is that success is so much more than the number in your bank account. It's taking care of your body, both inside and out. We can like circle on these topics over and over and over again. But at the end of the day, like if you're not truly like you can have the, a lot of money in the world, but we've all heard of like the, you know, the, the overweight and miserable billionaire you don't want to be that person. You want to make sure that like you're taking care of the inside, the outside and money, like all of those things, they, they're all in a cycle. So I loved this. Thank you ladies so much for being here. This is awesome. You can find Love us you guys. On- <laughs> you can find Thank us you all on Instagram. Um, for Jess, I'm not going to fuck it up. <laughs> it's hair <laughs> by dot Jess Taylor. Misty yep. is at underscore Misty Jane underscore. And I am at Shelby dot Betancourt. Um, and as always, you are what you think you are. Aspire to inspire. And we'll catch you next time. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks, and I will talk with you on the next one.